property and property investment. So today we are in, well, shorts and t-shirts because <laughs> we, are, we are recording from not sunny England, we're recording from sunny Dubai. So mm. me and Matt have been fortunate enough to fly out here to meet with Nick and mm. we thought we'd do a episode based around Dubai, especially as out here yeah. and uh, the Dubai real estate market. And um, yeah, we're going to sort of put the spotlight on you, Nick. It's been a while since you've been on the podcast. How are you yeah. feeling about jumping back on? No, good to be back. Obviously, there's a lot of talk, lot to talk about here in Dubai. So looking forward to getting stuck in. Yeah. And Matt, how are you, how are you finding the heat? Yeah, um, definitely the humidity is, is cool. I think everyone out. I know Nick was saying about it when before we came over. But yep. I told you. To actually, told to you. actually uh, <laughs> be here, yeah, it's a, a bit of a game changer, to be fair, compared to the UK. Yeah, no, it's good. I mean, we haven't done an episode like this where we focus on the Dubai property market. Obviously, we, we're a UK-based mm. company, but we've got offices here in Dubai, uh, where Nick's based, and also Hong Kong as well. And we cover and sell Dubai properties also. Yeah, we yeah. get we get a lot of UK, obviously, buyers as well who are always interested in the, in the Dubai market. And yeah, hopefully, I'm sure Nick can give us a bit more of an insight. Yeah, for sure. Let's uh, do it. Yeah, sure. Are you ready for the questions? Let's rock and roll. Yeah, just so you're aware, you obviously you've not seen this before, so you're ready for whatever comes yes. your way. Yeah, far <laughs> away. Nah, we'll be easy, don't worry. <laughs> we'll go gentle as it's your first time back in a while. Um, I think let's start, go, let's go into really giving a up-to-date brief overview of the current property or real estate market here in Dubai at the moment. Okay, so, well, it's firstly, it's very, very busy. Mm. So since after COVID, it's kind of been, you know, really renowned for having aggressive growth, yeah. both on the rental side and the capital growth side. Now, there was a bit of speculation about how long that would last and how long that growth can be maintained for, because we are talking about 10, 20, 30% per year in mm. capital growth. And, you know, if you look at the marina, you're talking plus 20% uh, rental rises in the past year. Wow. So, you know, a lot of people are asking how long can that be sustained for? But at the moment, there's certainly no signs of slowing down. Uh, the off-plan market is still firing on all cylinders. So Q2 this year, you're looking at about 55 to 60% of the transactions being done per month are on the off-plan market. That's for a number of reasons we can speak about later. But certainly at this moment in time, there's no sign of slowing down. We were expecting a little cool off in the summer, but the transaction numbers are still there. The demand's still there. You're still seeing crazy property launches as yeah. well. I was telling you guys about um, you know, launching DIFC where we've got buyers queuing up. You can't get stock there. And of course, we've had the infamous Palm Jebel Ali launch as well, which is big, big news. So you know, hundreds, if not thousands of people at that launch event. So. Dubai is still as crazy as ever would be the short way to uh, to answer it. Wow. That is mad. That's, it's just comparing it to the UK market, it's, it's eye-opening, right? Yeah, I think we've definitely noticed that, haven't we? Yeah, I think even when I know Nick first kind of moved over here and, and kind of set up base, it was here in, in some locations, 20% capital growth in, mm. in a year. It was like unheard of in the uk mm. so yeah it's, it's really impressive and as you said nick to, to hear that it's continued to do that and not slow exactly. down is is what's I, i'll be honest is most impressive yeah. so we do hear that now and again don't we where certain areas spike and then that's it yep but it sounds like it's continuing so then we've obviously you mentioned about the growth and we know the property market um the real estate market has, has been doing very very well here so after the well the last few years then, how has the market evolved and what do you think has influenced that over the last few years? 
I think there was a, a number of factors, but primarily it was the government's handling of uh, COVID and a few regulation changes which took place following that year or those two years. So things like uh, how quick and sharp they were with um, the vaccination, with mm. lockdowns, like they kind of did it, got it done and dusted and then bang, slowly opened up again, yeah. obviously with relevant rules in place. So it kind of came a bit of a hub for tourists. A lot of like influencers came here as well. Yeah. And then it kind of blew up on social media as, as the place to be. Um, but that was, you know, at influencer level, but also, you know, remote workers, companies mm -hmm. wanting to, to change location. So we saw a lot of corporate activity. Um, so, yeah, that was one thing that caused, you know, a big wave of people to come to Dubai, which obviously we know has an impact on rental prices and uh, values. Um, and then secondly, you saw things like um, changes to the remote working visa. Uh, you had the golden visa introduced, which was big, big news. So that's the 10 year visa where oh, wow. if you invest two million cash like physical cash um into a property then you can get a 10-year golden visa without so having to 10 renew million it. is that dirhams or English? two two million dirhams two million dirhams yeah sorry. two million dirhams for a 10-year golden visa yeah. so when that came out that's why you see all these headlines all the time about yeah. high net worths moving to dubai yeah. millionaires moving to dubai that was a big big driving factor reason being is they can you know have the security and peace of mind to know they've got that 10-year stretch with bank accounts, education for kids, you know, world-class uh, medical facilities mm. and just a bit of security and peace of mind. So that was another one. Um, and then there was just a general drive from the government for um, tourist activity. So they're always trying to push up visitor numbers, always trying to push boundaries and get people in. But I would say in the past few years, fundamentally, it was how they handled COVID and the, these specific government policy changes, which has just mm. caused people to, to keep coming. And Nick, in terms of that, have you found with the two million dirhams? Do you know what that would equate to in in pounds at all? Oh, put me I know on the I'm spot putting you on the spot. <laughs> Is there a I rough amount? Just so obviously listeners in can kind of get a, a gist as to what kind of price yeah. point. I mean, it's higher ticket compared to what we typically see in the UK for investment values. But I would say between four hundred and five hundred thousand pounds. Okay, I'd say around four fifty. Um, looking at the recent exchange rates, but yeah, that's what you'd be looking at. It's not bad. But yeah. it's, it's not too bad if you yeah. want you get a you know, ten-year visa, yeah. the, the higher higher end stuff. But don't forget, you can come into this market and invest a hundred and it probably works out about one hundred eighty thousand pounds now and get the two-year investor visa, um, and that's you know uh, seven hundred fifty thousand dirhams. So that's actually you know what I came in on because you can get it on business startup okay. and business formation as well. But for the higher ticket guys who just want more longer term security, then they've got that option. Wow. And mm. obviously Dubai, we know, seeing the pictures and all the developments we launched as a, as a company as well, just the marketing, the pictures, even the finished products are yeah. unbelievable. Mm. Um, so Dubai is well known for its luxury real estate. So could you tell us a bit about the demand for luxury real estate here in Dubai and how that's affecting the market? Because one thing I've noticed is like you mentioned, there's a lot of wealthy people coming here and they're going mm. for top quality sort of luxury properties. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think it goes back again to looking three, four years ago and the search for space. Yeah. Like we saw a similar principle to the UK, right? You saw yeah. a lot of people leave the city centres, look for that extra room for study or the Zoom room, so yeah. to speak. <laughs> uh, they wanted garden space if the kids or, you know, people were generally working from home. So that's kind of the same principle, but I'd say on a larger scale, is what we saw here. So we saw people move due to those regulation changes, but then we also see, saw people, you know, perhaps upsize quicker than they yeah. were expecting to, or just, you know, deploy more capital to, to buy more property effectively or more space. So 
that luxury end of the market saw huge demand. So villas did amazingly yeah. well, yeah. amazingly well. Um, the stats on those were really, really yeah. good. Like really, the, the, the increase on the, the villas has been really, really high. That goes it? back to where you see the 20, 30% jumps. A lot yeah. of that was in the, the high end resi wow. market for, mm. for villas. And then um, the other side of it is we have seen a lot recent times uh, branded launches. Yeah. So there's some big, big names coming to the market. You know, Bengati came in, uh, Armani. Uh, Aston Martin, yeah. they're all doing partnerships with these developers, which are causing the, the product, well, one, the prices to drive up, yeah. uh, but two, demand as well, because people want that trophy asset. They want that that name associated with the product. So that end of the market is doing really, really well. I think Knight Frank, I think it was Knight Frank or Savills, they were doing a survey worldwide of you know which cities are most dominant with branded residences. And I yeah. think Dubai was, was certainly up there. I can't remember exactly where we came. So yeah, that end of the market is seeing you know huge, huge demand. Uh, and it's only going to continue continue to rise um, for a number of reasons. But yeah, we, we don't see that stopping anytime soon. So would you say the sort of recent government policies, because you touched on that earlier, they have had um, a very positive impact on the Dubai real estate market, in, particularly in terms of foreign own ownership and taxation. Is, have you noticed that? Um, I think that's just always been quite positive. So I think it was 2002 they made the rule where... Uh, non-residents can purchase freehold property here or, yeah. or made it possible so it's not you know that shows you how immature the market is here only yeah. 2002 right wow. yeah. um so if you are just for those at the based overseas perhaps listening in the uk if you buy a property in dubai you are buying a freehold property yeah there's no option to buy anything else so <clears throat> when um that happened obviously that drove a lot of you know interest in the marketplace and that's that's only continuing so Getting that freehold structure is, mm. is really important. Less charges, less you know restrictions around what you can do to the property, and it just gives a lot of people you know confidence that they they're the outright owner. They're not going to have to mess around with, with anything else. So, yeah, that's that's been uh, really positive, and I think that's going to continue to be a, a selling point for a lot of people that are considering entering the market. And I was just going to hop in there and just say, obviously, we know obviously associated with uh, property and apartments as such in the UK, it's more leasehold, mm. that typical mindset. With the Dubai market for the listeners, is there kind of, obviously we know with leasehold in the UK, you've got service charges, potential on some, we know there's ground rent. Is yep. that is that happening in Dubai to give obviously people, uh, as you mentioned, it's a freehold property. Yep. It, do they have to pay that kind of cost or? Yeah, so generally you do. Um, okay. It can be quite extortionate in some cases as well, especially as you guys know, the level of product or the quality of product finish here and facilities mm. is generally quite good. I mean, don't get me wrong, we, we do advise people to steer clear of one or two developer names, but on the whole, the, the level of what you're going to get as an end finish is, is phenomenal. Money, yeah. Yeah, you get course. value for money. Yeah. You get your swimming pool. You get your car parking space with every purchase. Typically, you get a gym, sauna. And now, because all the developers, I can't remember who was, maybe me and you would discuss this, Toby, but the developers trying to outdo each other each yeah. time. Yeah. So, you know, your co-working spaces, your outdoor cinemas, your running tracks. One, your one square foot area. bigger than the other place, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Creeping up every, they're, every they're time. Always one better. Every sort of developer partner you speak to, don't you? Like the representative, they're like, yeah, we're better than them because we've got this bit bigger or we've got this thing. Absolutely. Like, oh, God, yeah, I hear that from every single person. Yeah. And typically that staff member probably worked for the yeah. previous developer <laughs> yeah. as well. So that's interesting. But yeah, as a result of that, there are hefty service charges in some cases, especially the higher end of the market. Uh, again, I'll be speaking in dirhams here. So you'd be looking at for a decent luxury product. If it's serviced, you can look up to 30 to 35 dirhams per square foot mm -hmm. per annum for the, for the service charge which 
you know, this will shock you. It's probably around six pounds per square foot for, for high-end service residences. Yeah. And But that can come right down to 10 dirhams per square foot, which is typically what you guys will see mm. in the UK, about £2.50 yeah. uh, a pop. But for that £2.50, you're getting a pool, the parking space, yeah, you're getting all that's, that stuff that's at standard. Ridiculous. So yeah. mm. when you compare it to a high-end Bradford residence, for example, <laughs> then yeah, you, yeah, you get yeah. a lot for your money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I get that. So... With many people looking to invest in Dubai and interested in that, I mean, Matt, you've had people inquiring and you've yeah, spoke to, to clients as well. So the appetite is there, especially we're seeing from UK buyers as well. What advice would you give to international investors looking to enter this market? Mm, good question. So one big, big factor, which is, I think, a huge difference compared to the UK market is how important developer reputation is. Yeah. So in the UK, if you purchase in, you know, Birmingham, Liverpool, Manchester, and you get a good location in the city centre, typically you're fine. You're going to see good demand. You'll see good rental, you know, uh, value rises, same as property value rises. Whereas here, you can buy in a good location, but if you've got a subpar developer brand, mm. it can affect the tenant demand and the resale exit as well. Mm. So. What you've got to think about is going with a household market name. Yeah. You're going to get some big, big players here. Some of them delivered 80,000 plus units, public companies. So you can pick out, there's plenty to choose from. You can pick out one or two to work with, but it's crucial they need a good reputation. One, because as I say, when you come to sell, the next investor, whether yeah. they're an owner occupier, they're a mortgage buyer, cash buyer, or they're a hardcore investor, they want a good branded residents or a good developer brand name so that's going to affect your values when you come to exit but two and this again is the, a very different um, aspect compared to the uk is the tenants are aware of it as well yeah. so when tenants are searching for properties they're only going to go for what they know is going to be a good product they're not going to have you know super thin walls to hear their neighbors so um yeah developer brand is, is really important so if you're sat in the uk or overseas searching in the dubai market going with a good reputable developer i would say is more crucial mm. compared to the to the uk market secondly and again you'd expect us to say that but you have to work with a good broker yeah you need an independent third party helping you along that purchase process so as we know one of the biggest educational factors that we tell people and when we're educating them about how to invest is with the process so it will shock a lot of people, but typically no solicitors are used. Yeah. Typically there isn't drastic amendments to contracts if they're requested. So you have your sales and purchase agreement. Most uh, investors have the same one in the building. It's either you sign it or you don't. Yeah. It's kind of that simple. <laughs> so having someone there, you can bounce ideas off, just double check, is this how it's normally done? Is this charge right? Yeah. What's the timeframes and process for this? And just generally good customer service is, is really, really important. So I think if you can get a good broker or consultant to deal with mm. and you pick out a good developer that's you know 80 90 percent of the battle and just to highlight in there nick in, in terms of is there kind of people is it quite easy to find someone like that or is it very specific to who you work with i guess agency wise as well mm. if they got in-house ones or is it normally independent how does yeah that yeah good normally? point there, there is some in-house developers that you can use but what i would say is you would need to know who the developer is to yeah. in order to locate them so to give you an idea, there's, I think there's over 1,600 registered developers in Dubai, which wow. are actually regulated by RIRA, yeah. which is the governing body. So, you know, it's a bit of a needle in a haystack. You can go through, you can try, you can Google, you can speak to a few companies, but it'd be very time consuming um, and, you know, quite tedious. So, um, yeah, what I would recommend to people is work with a good broker. That broker will have 
an unbiased view of the market, similar to the UK, mm. but they've got a wider pool to choose from. So they'll know what launches are coming, what locations are doing well, what developers' products have um, you know sold for and how they've performed in the past. Another big one is, you were saying earlier about how the projects look really good on the images. Yeah. Like how does a developer deliver against those images mm. as well? That That's a big factor. So it is easy to do. They can go direct to the developer, but having someone that particularly knows the UK market can translate it, can relate it to the Dubai market, I think is, is really, really worthwhile, especially as it's not going to cost you any extra yeah. to take that on board. Yeah, no broker fees. That is good. So then would you have any emerging areas that you would say to look out for at the moment? Yeah, so, I mean, we get a lot of people that come in and the first thing they say is, you know, oh, I want to buy Marina or yeah. I want downtown. <laughs> yeah. or, or I remember Palm. getting that all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is certainly possible to buy there, but it's the same principle as if you're buying in, you know, Mayfair. Yeah. You're paying over the odds. Your rental yield can be lower and demand for those types of assets are, are exceptionally high. So what we want to think about is the numbers at the end mm. of the day, especially if you are purely investing for return. So... You want to look at emerging locations and don't forget Dubai is not huge, right? So you can get to the other side in, in 30, 40 minutes on, on a good day from one side to the other. So getting a location which is 15 minutes, 20 minutes from the marina or downtown is generally what I would recommend to people. Yeah. So places like uh, JVC is yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah. And that's often uh, you know mentioned quite a lot mm. purely because there's a lot of development happening there. Happening there. Mm. So you've got really good developers in there. You've got Bingatti, Ellington, yeah. um, Imitaz as well. So there are some good safe developers there. Um, and we see the demand for that because if you look at the statistics this year, I can't remember if it's quarter one or quarter two, but J JVC was actually the highest transacting community in the whole of Dubai, wow. beating Dubai Marina. And if you think of the marina, yeah. there's over 200 towers there. Is that due to price? Because it's so close and convenient. Yeah, I think it's... People being priced a bit like we see in what we saw in London, people being priced out the sort of the popular areas and then moving yeah. a bit further afield. Yeah, yeah, definitely an element of that. I think from the um, owner's perspective and the tenant side as well. Yeah. So as a result of that, you've seen a few tenants. I mentioned earlier that the marina prices have gone through the roof. So JVC is 15 minutes uh, east of the marina effectively. So you're getting a lot of tenants come to JVC because the prices have gone up in the marina for rents. Yeah. As a result of that, the rental yields are creeping up in JVC yeah. and then the investors come in and yeah. snap it up. So good value for money for the actual purchase. And then good rental yields has caused you know huge huge demand in JVC. So that's one I'd look at. Um, we're seeing a lot of developers go even slightly further out now. So Studio City, Arjan, good couple of boutique developers out there. You've got um, Samana developers who do uh, private pools in their units, and they've got long payment plans as well. So that's a good opportunity to to leverage interest free effectively. Yeah. Um, and then you've got um, HMB, which is another good one. I actually live in their previous building in JVC. So they're really, really good. And they're building out in Arjan. So again, all these communities, you've got a lot of choice. It's just yeah. a case of working what's right for you, working out what's right for you, getting the right payment structure, and then making sure the numbers are all stacking up for you. But those are a couple of merging communities I'd suggest. So mm. JVC, Studio City, and Arjan. Nice. Put those on our radar. Then... Can you give us, because you touched on it there about the rental market in JVC, so can you give us insight into the rental market in Dubai? So are there any notable changes or trends with rental prices and demand at the moment? You mentioned obviously JVC, but 
in general? Because at the UK at the moment, what's the rental market like, Matt? I mean, yeah, well, I mean, in, across the UK, we didn't we? Yeah. We kind of spoke about it the other day. I think it was a ten percent increase, yeah, double digits over yeah. over the whole of the UK, which we were really as an average, impressed yeah. with. Yeah, so mm. it'd be interesting when to you hear. consider Southeast. Oh, that I is know, very good. It yeah. is yeah. absolutely, and I, I guess there was some even when we looked into it. Um, I know we spoke about it on the podcast before, but some areas surprised us yeah. definitely, didn't it? And we yeah. weren't really so kind we're, of we're, we're seeing growth, yeah, exactly like, con- constantly, and again that's because of yeah. the current market in the UK, um, the rental market is, is, is booming at the moment. So what would you say in terms mm. of the rental market in Dubai? What trends and sort of changes in demand are you noticing with prices? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's still very aggressive growth. That's, yeah. that's a short way to, to say it. Um, you know, new products <clears throat> handed over from developers will always see exceptional demand. You know, they have tenants lined up months before. So overall, the rental values are doing exceptionally well. Um, what I would say is, one thing that overseas investors need to think about is if you do have a um, tenant in situ for for twelve months and a, you know an official tenant, then there are restrictions on how much you can actually increase the rent by. Oh, wow. So you do have to use an online calculator and actually work that out in terms of staying in in line with the law. And again, tenants are very very savvy in Dubai, so a lot of them know this. So that's one thing that a lot of people do have to think about. But you will see on average better net yields or what they call here ROI than you would in into the UK uh, compared to the UK in most cases right it it does vary but on average if you look across the board you're going to see strong rental rises and strong um, general net returns the other thing I'd mention as well and obviously one thing that we push both in the UK and Dubai is is doing the short let model yeah Mm. so when you look at regions like um, you know JVC where they can hop in a taxi 15 minutes they're in JBR beach which is the most prominent beach in Dubai uh, and if you can drive, you know, an eight, nine, ten percent net return, fully managed on your behalf, you're sat in the UK. Yeah. That's earning uh, good income for you, and you're getting that aggressive capital mm. growth, and you've got a payment plan. You start to see how it can, you know, and add you've got up. a holiday home, and you've got a holiday home. You've yeah. got the flexibility to pop over, yeah. and you know. Um, sit in the the hot heat like Matt's experience lately. So <laughs> get a management company in as well. I exactly. guess that you yeah. can obviously arrange all of that as well because we know a lot of uh, we get a lot of investors in the UK when we have short term lets. It's like they expect themselves to have to do it, and it's mm. like that's going to be very time consuming if you're having to update Airbnb or Booking.com or whichever yeah. platforms you're using. So in terms of that, Nick, is is there? I guess there's quite a big variety of companies. I'm guessing over here that you can use. Yeah, I mean, we do have our favourites, obviously. So we've got a handful that we, we pick and choose from. Um, but yeah, there's going to be no uh, shortage of agents willing to take your money to, <laughs> yeah. to look after it for you. But it is, it is a good point because one of the concerns people have is, you know, oh, how can I buy a yeah, property exactly. overseas yeah. if I'm in the UK? So to be very clear, you would have an agent working with you from start to finish for the full legal purchase process Mm. Uh, you'd obviously have developer support as well from their in-house team Mm. you can have the agent advise you on visas you can then have a a mortgage broker an independent mortgage broker give you quality advice like you would in the uk then you can have uh, a furniture pack delivered installed and get all up and running and then obviously you can have the management company look after it manage it for you so from a to z it's set up and you don't have to leave your sofa so really worthwhile looking at that's good. Yeah, that's good. And I was going to say, I had someone ask a question the other day, Nick. It would be good to hear your insight. I think a lot of people, when they buy, feel like they have to come out here. To, mm. Do they have to do that? Obviously, it would be good to hear from your side. A lot of people that buy overseas are like, do I need to come and visit to do anything before 
it, it goes live or it's ready and completed to rent out mm. do they have to do that or uh, it's not compulsory there's a number of ways to go about it okay. you can get what's called a POA um, which is basically nominating another individual to act on your behalf legally okay. and then they mm. can take handover for it um, but yeah there's no there's no uh, requirement to come out here some people they might come over visit have a quick have look, a quick look yeah. meet the developer shake, shake our hands etc but other than that no there's no physical requirements okay that's know. good to hear mm. uh, the one thing I like about Dubai as well I've noticed even more so now is like how diverse like the people are now here like lots of different countries moving here which is which is really cool in my opinion so would, what would you say is what what you noticing is maybe the biggest buyers here in Dubai because um, obviously mm. we know we know UK the appetite's there but they're, not, they're probably not necessarily the, the biggest overseas buyers have you noticed a trend in um, sort of nationalities that are buying here yeah, I mean, you say that UK or British buyers, they're definitely up there. Yeah. So some surveys, if you look at companies like Allsop and Allsop, who are effectively the biggest agency here, I think they were saying 26% of their overseas buyers were um, were British. Yeah. Uh, wow. But they are a British firm, so naturally they attract mm, a lot yeah, of yeah, British yeah, of clientele. Um, but I would say uh, the European markets are, are very strong at the moment. So in particular, France and Germany, and um, they're big, big buyers here. Uh, Indian and Pakistani guys are, are big buyers here. Indian in particular. There's a lot of big Indian developers here. Yeah. Um, so uh, Bingati is one of them. Shoba is an Indian developer. Yeah. So they do a lot of overseas advertising and bring a lot of capital in. Okay. Also, in general, there's just a huge Indian workforce here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's a, a good um, chemistry here and the, the governments are well aligned as well. Um, in recent times, you've seen, uh, for obvious reasons, a lot of Russian capital come into yeah. the marketplace. Yeah. Um, that would be literally in cash, yeah. in crypto, etc., wow. etc. So huge amount of wealth coming over from from Russia still at the moment. Um, so I'd say they're the main guys. So British, those couple of European countries, Indian, Pakistanis, and then Russia. Um, I was speaking to another uh, agency recently, actually, and they were saying they were seeing a lot of activity from from Turkey as well. Mm. Oh. A lot of people looking to to bring capital out of there. Um, and then you have obviously your normal GCC country. So to be fair, I know, I know you mentioned Turkey there. We've I've had quite a few clients that have, as you said, Nick, rightly moving funds from their own country to overseas. I believe even in the UK, UK we've, yeah, we've, we've had a hell of a UK lot more demands yeah. with the Turkish as well. Ah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's good to hear it's in Dubai as well. Yeah. Actually, you mentioned you touched on that um, crypto. So how's crypto and blockchain? Can you use it? Because I've read quite a few bits and I, I understand there's transactions that can take place using it. And has that affected the real estate market here? Um, I can't. I wouldn't say it's shaped the market as a whole. However, it's definitely made it easier for investors and buyers coming into Dubai. Yeah. So a lot of developers are teed up to take crypto now. It, yeah. It's way more mainstream even mm. than 18 months, two years ago. Number of reasons behind that. One, they want the money yeah. as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, but two, just the demand. Like you're constantly having people. I'm sure you guys know as well. Yeah, get yeah. people. Can you pay in crypto? Can you pay in crypto? So a lot of developers have put in systems and processes to to take that uh, in like a native format, so to speak. Mm. Then others will be, you know, we have this recommended third party exchange you can use, and they'll facilitate it and make it as easy as possible, even though they're not taking it directly, mm. if, if that makes sense. But the other factor I'd mention on that as well is the Dubai government the UAE government should I say are, are very much pro that 
that world. So yeah. cryptos, NFT, they're actually, I believe they're regulating it as well. Oh, so wow. they want to be like, you know, a forefront of, of that industry across the globe. Mm. That's one of their big ambitions moving forward. So I do see that increasing uh, excessively in, in the coming years. I think it's going to attract a lot of people as well. I was going to say, yeah, mm. literally. You've got to think of the amount of people that are really in that world. Mm. Yeah. And as you said, it's become more and more mainstream over the past couple of years, that crypto and NFT Absolutely. side of things. I mean, we saw it blow up, didn't we? Yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, look, we know the crypto market's crazy. I know I had a lady and she was like, oh, she was going to invest into the UK and she was like, I want to see what's happening. But it's good to hear that people can generally actually utilize yeah. as an actual pay method now. And do it, and do it safely as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. That's the big thing. That, yeah, it's not an under good. the table exactly. like exactly. briefcase, <laughs> like cash purchase like some of them do. Uh, the only other thing I'd mention that is on, on that as well is that I was surprised because I was doing a few meetings a while back and you see, you know, 21-year-olds with huge yeah. amount of crypto looking at half a million dollar properties in wow. SLS, which is like, you know, yeah. five-star resi hotel building in, in effectively Business Bay downtown. So it's coming up right from the, the younger guys that are seeing more of the, yeah. the crypto stuff. So you're, you're saying I should buy crypto, is that what you're saying? <laughs> saying bring, bring all your Bitcoin, Toby. <laughs> and Nick, just in terms of, obviously, it's, it's an impressive market, as we already know, but mm. there's so much happening here. Is there kind of a prediction? It'd be good to hear your insight personally and your opinion, um, as obviously you've been here for a while. Yeah, <laughs> have you got an idea as to potentially what the market's looking to do, or any? Yeah, just a over overview, whether it be in a year's time or the next couple of years. How do mm. you foresee the Dubai market developing and, and performing? Yeah, so if you'd asked me twelve months ago, I would have expected uh, a slight correction or slight softening, which is naturally of any he uh, healthy you know real estate market globally. Uh, to come in the next one or two years. But at the moment, the general consensus is, and my own opinion is that that's not coming as soon as we would expect. Mm -hmm. So I can't see any significant changes in the part in the next 18 to, tw to 24 months, in my opinion. I don't think obviously it's going to continue at the rate it's currently increasing at, but I don't think we're going to see that correction that eventually will, will come. The number of factors around that, and there's a number of companies and big you know intelligence um, consultancies that are, are actually saying that, but all the signs at the moment in terms of um, government positive changes, in terms of developer stock, in terms of affordability, in terms of general demand, mm. people coming to Dubai is just causing that growth. That's the obviously the under um, underpinning reason why the, the values are there. But one thing I will mention on this as well, just in terms of um, the values and the prices, one thing we did sometimes get or still do get is you know people asking is Dubai in a bubble yeah. is it overhyped is there too much happening is it gonna you know pop and um, what I would say about that is I saw a fantastic bit of data um, <clears throat> excuse me a couple of days ago from UBS which as we all know is a huge huge mm. Swiss bank they do a yearly report on which global cities are most at risk from a bubble yeah. and we can include this in the show notes I'm sure but Dubai was uh, I think it was out of 20 Dubai was number 17 in terms of at risk Wow. So above that is New York, London, all, yeah. all these big major cities. I think, I can't remember the exact two, but the one that was at the bottom was Warsaw in Poland. So that could wow. be a good, good buy for anyone. Um, then you had another one. I can't remember where that was. And then you had Dubai. So you've got a huge global bank telling us, look, Dubai is still undervalued hugely yeah. compared to other uh, global cities, especially when you look at a price per square foot and the future demand and the pattern yeah. of the people coming in. I'll say as well, that's really, really good to hear considering I know when I think me and Toby did a visit a couple of years ago to come yep. and see you over here, Nick, in terms of that and what we've seen, the price growth in that short span of time. It's, yeah. it's like when we have it sometimes in your Manchester, Liverpool, people are like, 
well, isn't the price already? It's not going to continue. Go up more? Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. going to continue to. And I know we've seen some really aggressive growth in Dubai. But it's mm. good to hear from yourself. And obviously, we've got the data and facts there yeah, saying yeah, that's that the it's, yeah. it's, it's potentially going Numbers to continue, continue doing so. So mm. it's still a good time to buy in now and be able to benefit, right? Yeah, generally, I would say yes. I mean, you do have to be a little bit picky. I do think the developers get a bit greedy sometimes, of course. especially when they're seeing people. I'll tell you this, actually. I saw the other day, I was looking at another um, uh, CEO's social media, yeah. and he was telling me that some of his consultants, his investment advisors, went and camped outside of a product launch the night before to secure oh units. I believe they actually God. secured them. In that heat as well. Exactly. Oh, uh, God. Yeah. Wow. So that gives you an idea of, of what's happening in Dubai. But as you touched on it there, the number one word though is data. Yeah. If you've mm. got the data, if you've got independent opinions, not That's some agent telling you, mm. you need that supporting evidence to show you the stats. As long as that you know all stacks up for us, we're going to keep being you know buoyant and um, uh, bullish on the on the Dubai market for sure. Mm. Brilliant. Yeah. So still still a good time to invest. Well, it's been a pleasure recording this episode yeah, from here in Dubai. Thanks for your time, Nick. Cool. Good see you really good in the cold UK. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Don't remind us. Right. We'll see you next time. See you guys. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Bye.